0: okay welcome ladies and gentlemen to the we're having a good time podcast i'm here in studio with my wife co-host and producer uh hannah hogan howdy She motivated me to do the podcast today. I haven't had a lot of free time. Today's my one full free day. And I thought, no, I'll not do the podcast today. But here we are. We're doing it and I feel good. I like doing it. It's not that I don't like doing it. There's no one making me do it. Well, Hannah is, but I mean, (laughs) (laughs) up up until this point, there's no one making me do it, right? So it's like, I can just quit this at any time. Mm -hmm. but it's fun. So I don't know why it is, but it's like, it's, it's one of those things where it like requires you to like, you know, I got to set things up. I got to come, I got to sit, I got to go. All right. I'm going to motivate my speaking into uh, a chain of thought for an hour here. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, um, so, uh, just sometimes I just keep putting it off and then I put it off and put it off. And, And then we put Daisy down for a nap and we say, All right, let's record a podcast. But I'm also like, Oh, but I now I got a little free time too to kind of veg out. So do I want to do a podcast? But I'm happy that we're doing it. Here we are. Uh, Thank you, Hannah. You're in
1: good form, Dusty Slay.
0: So um, uh, things have been good here. I went to, well, I'll talk about where I went next, but I want to. We have a neighbor here. We've lived in this house since uh, November of 2019, we bought the house in November of 2019, we moved in. And since that time, I've really gotten to know all the neighbors. I live here in a cul-de-sac. And I know all the neighbors. I mean, some neighbors have moved out, some have moved in. Uh, I'm still friends with some of them that moved away. Uh, And then people moved in and they became my friends. And it's like, I hung out. I mean, all through COVID, one of my neighbors had a back patio. So that first two months, where we were all locked down, we went. And we could sit out on the back patio, smoke cigars. He had TVs out there, and we could just watch, uh, you know, TV. There really wasn't any sports to watch, but we could just hang out and and kind of, you know, be free in an open air environment. Even though I wasn't really afraid of COVID, it's also like. Why risk it, right? We don't know what this is. Let's hang out outside. Um, And then, um, so I've gotten to know all these people. But our next door neighbor, one of our direct next door neighbors rents. He's a renter. We never met him. Never seen the guy. I thought I had seen him a couple of times. But I realized yesterday I was wrong. I was maybe seeing the owner of the house. Um. So this guy has been evicted. He's lived there the whole time I've been here, three years, and we've never met him. Hannah, you've never seen him. Mm-mm. And uh, so he's been evicted. I got I, I, The cops were here one day, and I thought they were here to see my other neighbor. And I was like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, they're evicting that guy. And then a, probably a month went by, and I thought, maybe not a month, a couple of weeks, and I thought he was gone. And uh, the cops kept showing back up again. And I was like, oh, okay, well, what's going on? And then um, and then a bunch of moving truck, a moving truck showed up one day and took a bunch of stuff. Uh, and so I thought for sure he's gone. But then there's more trucks here yesterday and they start just moving things out of his house onto the front lawn. Um, and he comes over, somebody knocks on the door and I'm like, oh, okay. And the guy goes, hey, I'm so-and-so, I'm your neighbor. We've never met. Uh, And then he goes, I'm being evicted for non-payment, but I have three cats. Would you, uh," he said, I don't know if you're pet friendly or not, but would you mind watching the cats and I'll pay you? And right there, I'm like, well, you're being evicted for non-payment. I don't know that you're really good to say, I'll pay you. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) You're really hurting yourself there because I'm like, well, will you pay me or am I going to be stuck with these cats the rest of their lives? (laughs) And I should have just been like, nah, dude. You know, we I've never seen you before and I'm not about to watch your cats, but I'm not rude like that. And I don't even know if that would have been rude. I'm just not direct like that. So I was like, I just was honest. But I was like, "Nah, we're not pet friendly here, man. I had a cat for about three days one time and it tore my house apart. I was like, I'm not really I can't do it. But then we felt bad because the guy's being evicted. I mean, we never met him. Uh, we felt like some shady stuff was going on over there. Who knows? Probably wasn't. Could have been. Um, but we never saw the guy. Ever. I mean, I'm talking, and I'm outside a lot. Never seen him. Uh, I mean, the other neighbors. I Not mean, even
1: a drive out of his car or anything like that. Yeah,
0: like- we're like, um. You know, in some ways, our neighborhood feels very TV like. I can be out in the front lawn and go, Hey, Larry. And then Larry's out there mowing his lawn and he waves at me. I mean, it's very good here. It's a nice neighborhood. People are very friendly. Um, Never met this guy. And so, but we started to feel bad. So I saw him sitting in his car while a bunch of dudes are moving things out of his house onto the front lawn. Uh, And he's just sitting in his car. So I went over there and talked to him a little bit. And he said his mom was coming to get the cats. And I just didn't know what to say. And, you know, I was just kind of like, well, I'm sorry this is happening to you, man. And um, he goes, yeah, it's a messed up system we live in. And in a lot of ways, I can agree that we have a messed up system. But the whole uh, you got to, you know, pay your bills to live is kind of something we're all going through. Now, it can be harder for other people. It could be harder at times, but it is what we all have to do. I mean, even if you own everything, if you own your house, you own the land, you still pay in taxes yearly on it. You still have power bill. You still have all those bills. And, you know, we never met the guy. So it's like uh, nobody's in any place in the whole neighborhood to give the guy any help because we don't even know him, you know, so. I thought it was weird, but I mainly just thought the situation, because my dad recently had to evict uh, some people too. And I feel like they didn't pay rent for three months. That's how long it takes to be able to evict someone. And then it costs to have them evicted. And then, you know, they get another month to move out. So you're potentially losing like 500 or five months in rent. My dad's rent's pretty cheap. So to file it cost about as much as, a month's rent. And it wasn't cheap to his renters. No. So five months, he loses in rent. He's still got to pay things. And and then they just, they stayed. They were like on a, and now this rent is very cheap. I told someone how cheap this rent was. And they were like, that's like the cheapest rent I've ever heard. Um, And it's a whole house. And they, um, they were like, sleeping on a mattress up until the very last day and they were like we got nowhere else to go and it's like I don't know what to do I've given you the cheapest possible rent in the world and let you not pay for three months you know so what do you what do you even do you know it's like you feel sorry for people but people got to pay their bills you know what I mean
1: yeah I mean it's obviously a problem you know, for people out here, right? Like, because it's happening to two people that we know in our lives, so.
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess it is, but it's like even those particular situations, I mean, there's at least one of them. There's some details I I feel like I know about that would lead me to believe they got other things going on. I think it's typically drugs, right? It's like people get on drugs and then they can't pay their bills. Mm -hmm. I don't know that about our neighbor, but I felt like I had heard, that type of situation with one of my dad's tenants.
1: I mean, that's what I automatically think.
0: Yeah, and I and and when I say drugs too, and I think I've said this a bunch of times, I don't necessarily mean bad drugs. I mean, well, they're all bad, I guess, but I don't mean they they went out and they sought out a drug dealer and they were like, I'd like to start doing these drugs. I mean, you get hurt, you get you take some pain pills, and then you're like, oh man, this really helps the pain. This is really great, and then you get addicted to the pills. And then you can't stop and then eventually your doctor cuts you off and then you're having to go to extreme measures to try to get, um, uh, you know, Whatever more drugs. It is you want, it's like yeah. I've, I've only experienced addiction in small ways, but like tobacco, right? I mean, I've. Like I like to smoke cigars now and sometimes I'll get myself into a phase where I'll do a cigar every day. And when I get into that kind of pattern, I really get used to the cigar every day. And I found myself in places before where I couldn't get a cigar and I'm like going from store to store, hoping they have a cigar. And I'm like, I'm like, what am I doing? Why don't I just chill out for the night? I'm not going to die if I don't have the cigar. Let's just relax. But I want it so bad that I'm like, no, no, I'll find it. And then, and it's like- um,
1: Well, take take yourself back to when you were a drinker.
0: Well, yeah, but I, I don't know. Drinking never felt like the same kind of thing for me. I mean, I would still like want to go out and drink, but I never felt like, I don't know, and maybe I'm fooling myself, but I never felt addicted to alcohol. I just was having such a good time drinking that I was like- the moment I felt good from the hangover that I had, I was like, "Let's do that again." I mean, I remember that being a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Like, even if it went bad in the end, you know, I'd like if it, like if I got too drunk and did the, you know, if it went too bad, I might be like, "Let's chill out for the night. Let's hunker down," you know. But um, um, but you know, so I'm not saying these are bad people because they're on drugs, but. That is what's happening.
1: No, I mean, I feel the opposite. I feel bad for people that get in that kind of bondage because, you know, I've, I know what it feels like to feel like under bondage is something or like your mind so completely focused on just this one thing that other things fall by the wayside. It's never yeah. got to that extreme for me, certainly, but I know what that feels like. It's, it's really, it's really bad.
0: Yeah, and I think some COVID policies in a way, they might've helped people out in a hard time, but I think in some ways where businesses like uh, the power company and stuff like that allowed you to defer your payments, like you would still have to pay the bill. I think a lot of people were thinking they were getting... Uh, a free month of power. And maybe they, they were. I don't know about these things. I just heard about it a little bit, but you could say, you know, because of COVID, I can't pay my power bill this month. So the power company wouldn't come and cut your power off, but they would just keep adding it up. So, you know, you take off a few months and you think, wow, this has been great. I've had not had to pay a power bill, but now you owe $1,000. Mm. So now they're having to like make payments on the power bill. Um, you know, and it's like, it's just a mess. Mm -hmm. So, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, people are getting evicted and, but this, I just thought it was so funny. The guy was like, I'm being evicted for non-payment. And he says, can you watch my cats? I'll pay you. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, well, I don't know. I don't know if you will. Yeah. So.
1: We saw his furniture out front, too, and the cats had tore that up. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, he had some. I mean, I'm thinking the stuff that we saw because, you know, day one, they're moving stuff out. I'm not out out there just walking around looking at his stuff. But, you know, day two, the stuff that's left, I'm walking over there. I'm going, what's going on out here? I mean, you know, I might be like, I could use that. (laughs) Yeah. But I could not use any of this stuff. So I'm assuming that was his worst stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know what was going on. He said his mom was watching his cats. And I'm like, well, either, I mean, I I would assume if your mom can watch your cats, you could just stay with your mom. I mean, I could be wrong about that, I guess. But it's such a big house, too. It's like, just rent a smaller place. Yeah. Why are you renting that whole place like that? Mm. I'm not trying to be up in his business, but I'm just talking.
1: Well, you, you got a lot of questions about a neighbor that you've literally not seen come out of the house for three, four years. You know, relatively young guy. Yeah. Because uh, you know. I
0: talked to guy, to a guy on the back porch one time. He was out there doing some stuff and we talked a little bit and I thought, oh, okay, that's the guy. Mm. But when he comes over and goes, hey, I'm your neighbor, we've never met. I'm like, "Oh, okay. So I never met him. It's a tough
1: time to ask for a favor too when you've lived beside someone for that long and then you're just now introducing yourself." Right.
0: And I'm out in the yard. Yeah, I so mean, am I'm I. out there. Yeah, yeah we're I'm out right there, there. With
1: Daisy all the time. I
0: mean, that's how we know everyone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and and, and you know, our neighbor is our neighborhood is a type of place that it, it, I think is welcoming to people, you know, because there's always people out and about. The kids are all around and People are out there playing ball during the summer and
0: Yeah, kids are all over parties. the place. I yeah. mean,
1: it's just like, you know, it's not like everybody's standoffish.
0: A lot more dog walking than I would like, but it's still nice to see people out. Yeah. People are – luckily, in a way, it's nice. We don't – down our part of the neighborhood, we don't have a sidewalk. So, I don't feel like we get as many of the dog walkers. I feel like they really like the sidewalk walk. Maybe so. Uh, it's great mm So um, so that's what's going on here in the neighborhood. That's the local neighborhood drama. Oh, and my other neighbor had knee surgery. So Hannah baked her a casserole. If you want to hear some real suburban stuff, we're out here getting on a um, meal train, a meal train. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when we had a baby um, and we had a meal train, all of our neighbors brought us great things our neighbor across the street uh that guy's gone now but he brought over some tacos well they did
1: they together did yeah
0: yeah and they brought over yeah some really great food
1: they were cooking us food for months and months
0: my neighbor down the way he brought me some burritos my neighbor right next to us they cooked us a steak
1: our other neighbor constantly babysits for us when we ask
0: yeah i mean for free it was great i mean i'm all about community out here
1: yeah you're a talker
0: i love a community Had a guy bring in some mail for me the other day. I mean, you know, we got a real, real thing going on out here.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It's a part of the world that I really didn't think existed anymore because I, you know, I left Alabama and then I just lived in apartments for, you know, 10 years.
1: Yeah, you were a degenerate in the city.
0: Yeah, I was, you know, the weird alcoholic in the apartment complex. I was still everyone's friend. Unless they were outside when I came home at like two a.m., <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> then it got weird. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I mean, sometimes. I mean, I, I parked. I had the at this car, nineteen eighty two Buick Lesabre. I always talk about this car, but I had that car for a short time. I wrecked my ninety nine Saturn that I had, and then my mom had bought this old big car this old big beige car from someone and she just had it so when I wrecked my car she let me have that car and it was even tough to get that car from Opelika to to Charleston I mean, that's that's a long way to go with that car but I would drive that car I mean that car was metal I mean, it was heavy duty. I mean, I parked all over the bushes in my apartment (laughs) complex with that car. I'd pull up late at night, (laughs) come back out in the morning, the bushes are all tore up. I'm like, dang. I mean, it was wild. It sat in the back after I got my, my, I bought a car and I still had that one. It sat in the back of the parking lot of the car and the tire would go flat all the time and I'd have to go put fix a flat in it. And I mean, it was rough. And I put it online to sell it. And then I couldn't get the car to crank. And I woke up real hungover one morning. This guy was like, hey, you try to sell that Buick LeSabre? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, but it won't start right now. And he's like, (laughs) the guy was like, do you want to sell it or not? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I want to sell it. So I got up and they ended up getting it uh, crunk up. And then they just drove it off. We wrote up a little bill of sale out there. They just drove off. And it was great at the time because I was like, awesome. I'm finally free of that car. I got a little money here and I'm free of that car. But now I wish I had that car. Yeah, me too. I mean, that car was great.
1: Yeah. I'd like a big boat of a car.
0: Yeah. It needed some work, but man, it was so good. I mean, uh, people said the suspension was probably bad, you know, but it had a real float to it. You're driving down the road. The cars just kind of float bench seats, Mm. you know, and it was in the front. Yeah. Oh, the front and the back, just straight across Mm -hmm. big seats. You know, that car, the, the, um, it didn't even have a tape player. So I couldn't get one of those, uh, tape player to CD player or tape player to DVD adapters, So I had to get one of those things that tuned into a radio station so I could play an MP3 player on it. So I did that for a long time. And then the speakers went out on the car. So I had to ride around with headphones in and then the it was a manual roll down window. But the little piece that you roll the window down fell off. So I would have to keep it in the floor and then I would pick it up and put it over the thing <laughs> to roll the window down. But eventually that piece broke. So I had to use pliers to uh, roll the window up and down.
1: Is that because you were smoking cigarettes?
0: Well, the air, con- I don't think it had a good air conditioner, but I was for sure smoking cigarettes in there, Yeah. but it didn't have a good air conditioner either. So you had to have the windows down to get cooled off.
1: What a beautiful time in your life.
0: It was such a great, fun car. I got pulled over a lot of times in that car.
1: What was it like? Were you able to pick up women in that car?
0: Yeah, surprisingly, I did fine. Yeah. I mean, I've really found in life that it, I mean, it's like, depending on what you're trying to, you know, what you're trying to do out here. I mean, you know, nicer cars and nicer things helps, but I found just being a nice person works out just fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, I had some embarrassing times in that car. Um, well, um, one time I, I had gone on this date with this girl and then we went. And so I, the next, like, I don't know, later that weekend, I invited her over to my apartment to watch a movie. So she comes over. So I go pick her up in my big Buick LeSabre and, you know, it's a little bit of an embarrassing car in a way. I mean, it's fun to like be driving. It's fun to talk about wanting it, and it'd be fun if it were fixed up. But if you're just pulling up to some girl's house in that car, it's a little embarrassing. You'd, be, you'd, you'd feel almost better in a Toyota Corolla, you know, which is not a fancy car, but it would have some shine to it. But it was fine. I picked her up, we came back to my apartment, and my roommate was there, and my roommate was leaving. And he asked, now this is probably about 2005 or six. And he asked, did we want to smoke weed? And so we said, yes. And we all smoked. And then we got so high that it got really awkward. But I had the movie and I was like, let's just, you know, let's just watch. We didn't address the awkwardness, but we both felt it. And so we were like, let's watch a movie. And I know I've talked about this before, but we were like, let's watch a movie. And the movie I had rented, and this was before streaming, this was before loads of options, I had rented the movie Apocalypto. (laughs) 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 Yeah. (laughs) So we're like super high and uncomfortable now watching like a two-hour over-the-top murderous Native tribe war movie. I mean, they're chopping brains out and, and and, yeah, I mean, it was so awkward. So even after all of that, we were still uncomfortably high. So I was just like, well, I'll take you back home. And it was now we're back in the Buick LeSabre and now I'm super high. So now I'm really self-conscious about the car. It was just so awkward. I just kind of dropped her off at her house. And then um, and then I didn't, I just went home. I went home and I watched a Rocky movie. I was like, just, but I just felt so awkward. Even the next day, I felt awkward about it. And we worked together. So I was going to be seeing her at work. I'm pretty sure that day I took two shots of some whiskey before I went to work. Uh, just because I was like, this is going to be awkward. And then it was fine. I mean, we talked about it, and uh, but she was like, yeah, I thought you would call last night. She was like, yeah, we were just too high and it was awkward. I thought you would call. And I was like, nah, I stayed that awkward all day. (laughs) (laughs) You
1: carried it on
0: over. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so I don't know why I even started talking about the Buick LeSabre, but.
1: Well, you're just your time being a degenerate in Charleston. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then we were talking about how you were, even though you were drunk a lot, you were still a good neighbor.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so it was all good. Yeah,
1: I mean, people like talking to you.
0: That's what I notice. And a lot of times, you know, out here, I mean, out here in the world, I mean, a lot of people are drinking like that. My, I had a neighbor. He was a teacher in the apartment complex right across from me. He was a teacher and his sister came to live with him. And um, they, I don't know what she did, but he was definitely a school teacher. And he wrecked the, the, the apartment complex had a long driveway to get into it, and there were trees all along the side. He wrecked his car drunk into one of those trees and the driveway of the apartment complex, and then walked home and passed out, I think, with his door open to his house. His sister uh, and they were both you know, fairly big people, and his sister uh, we woke up one day, and she was like passed out in our living room floor with the door open. I mean, they were raging alcoholics, and we were too. But if you were more alcoholic than us, that was too much. Yeah. And they were wild, but I'm just saying. So my, it's like I was do, drinking like that, but I was amongst people drinking like that. It
1: was just the vibe was party.
0: Yeah, it was not that weird of a thing. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, I remember there was a game called Power Hour where you take a shot of beer every minute for an hour. And, and, and you're supposed to get real wasted. I mean, we ended up doing it for like an hour and a half and then started doing some whiskey shots. It took me over the edge, the shot, the whiskey at the end. But uh, we were just at work and we were like, I remember being like, what are, you, what are you doing later? To my friends and they were like, I don't know. I was like, you wanna try this power hour thing? And they were like, yeah. So I mean, our whole plan was to just, and then we were halfway through it and we were running out of beer. So we had somebody bring us more beer. I mean, people were, everybody was down to drink.
1: I feel like that's how I felt for a good amount of time between like, you know, 18 and 25. Yeah. I feel like that. It was just, it was like, yeah, you got to go get drunk. And like, that's the fun, exciting thing. And then after 25, it seemed to get sad.
0: Yeah. Well, I kept it going for another four years thereafter 25.
1: That's not bad.
0: But, but I get it though. I mean, it's like. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't realize how sad it seemed until I stopped drinking. And then I'm able to look back and go, wow. That's why I think, I mean, I would not get along well with with myself as a drinker.
1: Oh, wow, yeah.
0: Like, I would not want to be around me. No. I mean, if I were were drinking, hanging out with my drinking self would be the best thing in the world. (laughs) But the sober me does not want to hang out with that person. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I remember like doing a show at, um, the poor house in Charleston in about 2014 or 15, I think I had left, but I, I, I went back and did a show and a bunch of my old Hyman's friends came. Now I worked at Hyman's two times. So these were Hyman's friends that I worked with the first time when I was still a drinker. So we used to party all the time and after not drinking for about three years and then seeing these people, I thought, oh man, I I felt so embarrassed of myself. Like I was like, um, I said, I just remember being so wasted around these people. Like what an embarrassment I was. And now that I don't drink, I'm hanging out with them. And we, I did the whole show And then I came to hang out with them after the show, and they were all so wasted. It seemed like they were all about blackout wasted. And then it occurred to me that I was like, oh, I wasn't the embarrassing drunk. We were all the embarrassing drunks.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm lucky I didn't die. Some of the choices and people I was hanging out with.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, um, yeah, me too. I mean, I've had wrecks and been punched in the face several times.
1: Just the drinking and driving alone, hun.
0: Yeah, drinking and driving. I loved it though. I mean, I got real bold with some stuff with driving. I remember being in a bar and got into. An, I would get into arguments with people just straight up. We'd just be hanging. Everybody's having a good time. I was not taking. I was not taking it from people out here. I would straight up argue with them. I mean right away. I threw a bunch of coasters at a guy one time in a bar.
1: Well, you don't take it from anybody
0: sober. I just f- flipped all the coasters out like and they fan I mean it was so great. I got kicked out immediately, but You're mouthy. <laughs>
1: You're so mouthy without alcohol. Oh, yeah. Not mouthy, but you you get angry. Like You you know, you've stormed out of a bank. You've stormed out of a a Michaels. You've stormed out of a Lowe's. Not a
0: Michaels, a Joann's. A
1: Joann's.
0: I don't don't like to call it storm out, but I'm like, I'm done with the place, and I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. But you're going
1: to let them know that you're leaving, too. Yeah, yeah. So I can't imagine what that would do when you're sober.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the bank thing was ridiculous. I forget even what they were doing, but they needed too much information from us. And I was like, I... I don't even have that. I don't know where to get that just for a simple thing we were trying to do. I think they
1: needed your actual physical social security number piece of paper. Yeah. And you didn't have it.
0: Yeah. I was like, I don't have that. I got the number for you. I don't have that. I don't know where to get it. I got a passport. And they were, be- and I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. And then I went to a different branch and just got it taken care of. It was very easy. Yeah. Uh, it was not a big deal. Um... But yeah, I mean, so, uh, you know, so, so, yeah, I just think that, you know, being uh, the age I was and in the time period that we were in and I worked in the restaurant industry, I just think drinking was, I mean, I was, I was doing improv comedy. Oh, you know, I think in a lot of ways, improv fueled my alcoholism. Because when I first moved to Charleston, I was not feeling, I want to do m- some more episodes about this stuff. So maybe I won't talk about it too much. Um, I'm trying to do a, a bio on my website and I'd like to get some um, podcasts linked in there so that anybody wants to read the bio. They can also just go listen to that particular episode of the podcast. Uh, so I'll probably, you know, go back through some some old story of, of getting started in comedy and stuff. I think that'll be fun. But when I first moved to Charleston, I didn't have any friends aside from the guy I moved there with. And we were, you know, we were fighting a lot of the times. And um, so I started taking improv classes and then I would go hang out with these improvisers. And a lot of them are still my friends. I mean, most of them are still my friends, but they were so silly, like the kind of people that are just on all the time. And they're all doing it. And and if you've ever hung out with improv people, it's it's very stereotypical of improv people. They're always doing act outs. They're always, they got a lot of stuff going on. And I mean, these are very funny people to me. I'm not making fun of them. But the way they were in their early 20s was just always doing a gag, always. It's all, and so I'm like not silly like that. So I would try to like drink. I thought if I could get drunk, then I could be silly like them, <laughs> you know, and then I would just end up getting into fights with them <laughs> <laughs> or dragging them into fights with other people, you know and uh
1: improvisers are nerdy too generally speaking yeah so they're they found their little niche and then they found their little scene which is probably very intoxicating for someone that's kind of a nerd and then you know they think they're funny and it's just too much
0: yeah and see i you know i was a bit weird uh and i liked being funny and i had never met people like this you know i met silly people but i never met a group of people just doing this and going on stage and doing this, uh, you know, creating scenes out of nowhere. And it was amazing to me. I mean, I felt like Charleston was the big city. And I mean, cause to me it was. And, um, and, and improvised. I just was wowed by this world. <laughs> even though I wasn't even really sure where I fit in. I was like, I've always been funny. And then my improv stuff I had been doing was funny. But I could not do my my improv teachers used to always be like, "Do some characters in in your scenes and i'm and I always felt uncomfortable being a character, yeah, you know,
1: I know you can do one character,
0: well, I only do that just as a funny thing, but like the old like old Savannah Georgia southern gay man where they but I haven't even done that in a long time. I don't even want to do it. Well, I always just
1: say you can do Dusty in a slightly gayer version of Dusty. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, but it's just that that Southern slow talk in Savannah, Georgia type uh, uh, mint tulip drinking gay. Where it's like, you don't know if he's gay or if he's real Southern. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, there yeah. Is a There is a, a thing there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I like that that accent's fun. and and almost in a way, it's like that. If you ever watch Family Guy, it's like that old man that's always hitting on Chris. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen the show. But
1: family Guy has gotta be a dream, a wet dream to improvisers all the all the cutaways and voices and silliness that doesn't make sense.
0: well, yeah. and you know, I- I mean, I'm sure I, I was around plenty of creative people growing up, but creative in different ways. I had not met creative people like these people before, like improvisers, and I could not keep up with it. And and looking back, I'm like, well, why would I want to keep up with that?
1: But yeah, I, I too got intoxicated by the improv scene. It pretty much changed me from wanting to be a serious actress and made me want to get into comedy.
0: Yeah. It was a
1: real game. Like you wanted to climb to the top of the improv scene, but there was no real clear top.
0: Especially, I can imagine in a city like Toronto, because seeing the improv scene in New York, just the little that I've seen it, I mean, it is a a beast. I mean, we had one basically one improv theater in Charleston, but the shows were sold out every night. So Mm -hmm. it's like on the stand up scene in Charleston, like you were either like, a stand up that didn't do any improv and usually didn't get to do Theater 99, or you a stand up that did improv and you got to do Theater 99? And that was our comedy club, you know. So we had a seat about 200 people, I think. And I mean, they would sell out these rooms.
1: Yeah. I mean, we had vipers in the Toronto comedy scene, people that were just starting up their own renegade improv club. And then there was just different factions and almost like warring improv communities and theaters. And, uh, you know, there was the quote unquote cool people. And then there was the people that, you know, were good, but weren't cool. And then there was the second city people and, and, uh, there's a lot. And then you know the whole game the whole market is just to start selling classes that's how they really make their money I think
0: so Yeah I think so too But I'm really glad I took improv classes yeah. I mean I think in a lot of ways uh for most people it's just going to be a waste of money I mean they may gain something out of it some something but I th- I feel like for for weird people out in the world that are just going to take classes and then go back out into the world, it they come away weirder.
1: I think it's a nice way for people to make friends. That's yeah, what well, I noticed sure. is even when people, you know, we're not very good at improv, but, you know, we're able to get on a, a team or something like that, or even just take classes, you know, and then you go out and you have drinks at the pub next door afterwards. And there's, there's, yeah. you know, Christmas parties. And I, I do think it, 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 it is a way to make friends as an adult that is not readily available really once you're an adult.
0: Well, it is true. I mean, cause I got a bunch of improv friends. I mean, uh, you know, so it's great. I mean, I met tons of people doing that over the years. And I mean, my friend Derek Humphrey yeah. he's, uh, met, met doing improv.
1: And I will say like, I still think improv when it's at its best is so much more amazing to me than stand up. I just always just improv when it's really firing is just, it's so magical.
0: Well, I don't know that I agree that I like it better than stand up, but I will say, I mean, I saw a show in LA one time, it was just four people. They did two different characters. They each did two characters and they did an hour, uh, that they just made up and it was, Really amazing. It was like they had just created their own little world. Yeah. And I was like, this is great. And I've seen some really great improv at Theater 99. Uh, But when improv is bad, usually when they're doing short form games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Being suit, like uh, you're a piece of paper. And, uh, you know, you got to, you know, you got to go. To the mill and tell them you want to be turned back into wood. It's like it gets silly quick.
1: Well, it gets bad. That actually seems
0: like a great scene, actually, (laughs) that I just created. (laughs)
1: Um, It it was there's a lot of bad improv. There is
0: a lot of bad improv. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of bad stand up, too. There is. There is. There is. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. In fact, we like to watch bad stand up on the internet if we can find it. The oh pro- yeah. The problem is, is usually the worst stand up is uh, also the worst quality. So it's hard to hear, hard to see. If you can find a high quality bad stand up video, whew, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It is amazing.
1: Yeah. We have some favorites. Yeah. We have some favorites. Yeah. We and do. We root for them.
0: Yeah. I mean, some of them, it's like, it's not even that they're bad. It's that we don't find them funny, but they seem to be doing okay.
1: It's the confidence level of an extremely successful comedian, but we've never heard of this person. They've got 23 views on their YouTube. um, And, you know, the material's cringy. you know, something like that. Maybe not, maybe it's not even all cringy. Maybe there is some good stuff in there, but it's, you know
0: and they, a lot of times it will be older comics and they love to let you know how long they've been doing
1: oh it. yeah and that they worked you know it's such a such a job for 50 years and they quit it all and they've been working the road and you know yeah and it's just one it's, of the
0: videos there was an interview with the comic yeah and they were in a <laughs> hotel room just kind of under uh the <laughs> lamp Now, as a person who's tried to film stuff in a lot of hotel rooms, I know the lighting is not great. It's not good. So I'm sure that's what they were doing. But it was just, it's like, it just was not good lighting. And it looked like they were almost being interrogated.
1: It's so funny because I've been there too when I was an actress. You know, I did so many stupid, weird, low budget, nothing interviews that just landed on YouTube. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's just so bad. (laughs) Yeah. Because at the time you're a little bit flattered that someone wants to interview you and thinks that you're worthy to, you know, talk to and put up on their channel. But then in retrospect, you're like, this was a terrible decision. Yeah. This is archived now.
0: Yeah, it is. (laughs) I mean, I did a lot of podcasts over COVID just, um, you know, because there was not a lot going on and people would ask me to do podcasts over Zoom and I'm like, well, I got, I got free time. Yeah. So I would do them and I don't, I don't mind that I did them, but yeah, there's a ton of podcasts where I'm probably just saying the same stuff over and over again, but it is what it is. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Oh, so where I've been, I went to Cincinnati this weekend. I went to the Liberty Funny Bone in, uh, in, in Liberty Township, Ohio. It's about 30 minutes outside of Cincinnati. Uh, but so, and and it's in kind of like a, uh, a shopping center apart. It's like a, I don't know. I, I always call it like a fake town, but I'm like, it's a real town. I mean, they have apartment complex people live around there there's restaurants there's businesses there's shops but it just feels like it' just kind of one of those that just sprung up out of nowhere um, but they have such a nice hotel the club is great a lot of people came to see the shows uh loved it I'm very thankful to all the people that came out um, it was just uh it was a fun weekend I had uh, will O'Donnell feature for me and uh, Zach Wycuff hosted and we had great shows and I loved it and, um, but
1: you're going to send, you're going to San Diego.
0: Oh yeah. But I was, um, you know, this would lead me into a, a thing. I hate, uh, thing. I, I, I like to, we've been, you know, I like to do some segments. I probably shouldn't even call it, uh, a thing I hate segment. Uh, probably we'll never do it again, but, um, I, I, we thought it was funny when I complained about some stuff the other day and I love to complain about things. I don't even, I'm not even mad at them. I don't even care that it's happening, but I like to complain about it. I find it fun. Uh, Like, like it's like the complaints aren't real. Uh, I'll be going these, this is, this food's disgusting as I'm eating it. And it is disgusting, (laughs) (laughs) but, but I'm not, I don't, I don't care really i got going to let it ruin my day. It's like sports. I have a team that I want to win. If they win, I'm like, oh, that's great. If they don't win, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll play another game. But I hate how these corporate, big time, like corporate restaurants, they come in, they clearly have a bunch of money, but they do all this to make themselves seem cool and trendy. Like they're over-decorated. They're decorated like a old school TGI Fridays or a um, – Uh, Applebee's, where they'll just have a lot of stuff on the wall. Some of them are done well. Cracker Barrel, I think, does a good job at keeping on brand. But Cracker Barrel also is cheesy. Like nobody expects cool things out of the Cracker Barrel. You know what to expect. In the wintertime, the fireplace is going to be going. And there's going to be a bunch of pictures of old people on the wall. um, And dishes and pans. But I mean like they're trying to be cool, hip trendy got a lot of stuff going on in there but then the food is just very basic but if you don't have a lot of i see i got spoiled i lived in charleston for 10 years we had this great restaurant scene and i was eating all this good food so now that when you know i'm still spoiled by it i'm like things are just they're just okay most restaurants i find the food is just okay of course i'm not going to the fine and fine dining stuff so i'm sure that stuff's amazing but, um, you know, just the average restaurant out here, it's like, it's just okay. They all come, all the food comes in on the same truck. Uh, and then this place, this is, this is what I hate. They have, uh, these dirty slogans. First you have like the restaurant, you know, the restaurants with the dirty names. You have the restaurant dicks and that, and that restaurant is where they make fun of you and the waiter bashes you. Have you heard of these? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like. I'm fine with that, all right? Uh, Dick's Last Resort, I think is what it's called. And it's like, they they got a thing. They got a gimmick. They got a thing. They do whatever they want to do. It's like Hooters, right? It's like, you can like Hooters. You can not like Hooters. You can disagree with it. But Hooters has got a thing. And they're very open and honest about what their thing is. It's not a a restaurant for children. Even though I went there as a kid, it's not a restaurant (laughs) for children. Uh, But you know that kind of going in. I don't feel like Dick's Last Resort is a restaurant for children. There was a restaurant in Myrtle Beach one time. It was called Dirty Dick's Crab House. And it's like, that's too far. That's too far. But again, you know what to expect. What I hated about this, I was in there with Will and Zach. Will kind of pointed this out to me. We're about the same age and we have the same kind of complaints. So it's a lot of fun. But on this shirt, now I'm going to read the whole thing, what it says, and then I'll break down how it was on the shirt. It said, now as a young boy was wearing this, 17, 18, real young guy, he seemed under 18, but it doesn't matter. It's like, you don't know that this restaurant is not family friendly, right? So it's like, he got a baby, fine, but if you're taking a little kid in there, they're reading everything. They're looking at everything. They're like, "What's going on? What's this? What's this?" And this is what the shirt said. No, it said, "I lick salt, I swallow tequila, I suck the lime." Right? That's what it said. But the word that but they were in two different sizes. The words "I lick, I swallow, I suck" were all in big print. And then, you know, the salt um the tequila the lime all in small print so it's just like it's just like over the top like you you didn't let me know that's what this restaurant was if the restaurant's called hooters you can expect when you get in there to see some hooters right you're gonna see something you can expect that when you when you twin peaks that restaurant uh, a little more coded, but read into it a little bit, and you can see that you're gonna you're gonna see some stuff in there. But this was just a regular old taco place. And one one of the shirts said, "Feed me tacos and tell me I'm pretty." Now, again, I don't really care. You do whatever you want to do, but I just think it's weird. I, I've talked about this movie a couple of times lately, but in the movie *Idiocracy*, one of the things I noticed, I watched this movie the early 2000s, was just everything was so over the top, dirty that I was like. I I felt like I thought, well, this this movie would be a little bit more enjoyable to me if it just weren't so over-the-top dirty. Like, I don't mind. I like a little edge to things. I don't like things to be squeaky clean. But sometimes it's just over-the-top where it feels like you're trying too hard. It's like you didn't feel like writing a good joke, so you made it real dirty.
1: Well, also, people don't talk like that in real life. Right. Most people, civilized society. (laughs) Yes. You know, Right. People make a dirty joke here and there, but if you're the guy making dirty jokes everywhere, no one wants you around.
0: Yes, right. And and, and that's the thing. It's like in this restaurant, this restaurant feels like we're moving more towards idiocracy. It felt like he was very on point with that and that society will be much dirtier in the future. And I just was like, I don't know. It just seems like it's like just trendy to just be absolutely filthy. You know, like it always had, like, there've always been like some, there was this comedy club, the Looney bins. I think they have shirts that say, uh, I laugh my, or I got lobotomized at the Looney bin. I, I actually don't know what that means. Lobotomized
1: means like a, like a brain surgery for crazy people that, uh, kind of makes them brain dead, but also makes them less crazy. I'm sure there's a better way to explain it, but it's it's not a sexual thing.
0: Oh, okay, I've, I was thinking lobotomized. I don't know why they else. would
1: say that though in the comedy club. That sounds weird. Maybe
0: they didn't, but some said uh, they'll have like you know laugh your ass off, and they'll have a picture of a guy, like a cartoon guy, holding his butt that's off his body. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like you know those are like '90s edgy things. But now we're like, oh, okay, we've gone we've gone so far to the edge that there's no edge anymore. So we just got to be over the top. We have to be over the top or it's not shocking or it's just boring. But I find over the top to be boring.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like, get creative. Let's have some fun with it. Not, not just be, it's like, you know, and it's like just the, the promotion of drinking just seems so wild to me. And maybe I am just old now and I'm I'm far removed from drinking, but it's like, Why do we need to push drinking so hard? You know, like if it's like, all right, let's make the alcohol available. If you want to drink it, drink it. But they push it so hard. And I know it's all about the money. They're pushing it because they want to sell more. But I just feel like we could all scale it back a little bit Mm -hmm. Uh, because that was, you know, and who knows, uh, I'll, I'll never drink again. But if I, You know, there could be, there's a possibility that I could drink again and be like, oh, okay, I'm an older, more mature person now. uh, And I'm not just looking to get wasted every day. But there's also a possibility that it's just in my blood, as they say in the Alcoholics Anonymous book, that when I have a beer, I get fueled up to drink. And I feel like that's what would happen. Yeah, me too. I would just get fueled up and I'd be like, this is great. Why have I not been doing this for 10 years? (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't want to ever find out, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I have dreams sometimes that I secretly smoke cigarettes. I do too. Do you? hmm I don't really have any dreams about drinking anymore, but I, I recently, I think two nights ago, I had a dr- dream that I had been smoking cigarettes. Like, a lot of them. But I, I guess I was just doing it on the weekend, and I thought, well, I'll just smoke cigarettes on the weekends, but I never was good at that either. So... um, yeah, so that is uh, – we have a couple other things that we that we marked down to talk about. Um, oh, oh, well, let's just finish this. I'm going to San Diego this weekend. I'm going out to um, uh, American Comedy Company. So come see me there. I was there about a year ago, uh, and I had a lot of fun. Um, I liked the club, but I liked San Diego, and I didn't even really see much of it. I, I basically just walked around a little area – downtown and and the homeless people were, it was some of the wildest homeless people I've seen. Now, I've seen places where people have a lot of homeless people, like over the top, tents everywhere, trash everywhere. I've seen that. And I've also seen, um, you know, kind of crazy people out on the streets. I mean, I've been to New York City, I've seen, but in San Diego, I mean, there were people there were no tents and it was a very clean place but I mean there were just homeless people on the streets just yelling middle of the day yelling um and just it was pretty wild but I never felt unsafe I, I enjoyed the city so I'm excited to go back and I like the club Aaron Weber will also be in San Diego at the same time as me I'll be there Thursday Friday Saturday and he'll be there Friday and Saturday and he'll be at another club in San Diego with Laura Peak. Laura Peak is featuring for him. Okay. At a club in San Diego. Alec Parent is featuring for me. I just think that's fun. He has late show Friday off, so he may come. We uh, Hopefully we'll hang. Um, so that's exciting. That's neat. We got a little Nashville takeover of San Diego. Yeah. Even though there's still lots of clubs out there. We watched a few movies. Now – Two of these movies we watched, I fell asleep at the end. Uh, So I don't even know what happened. And it's like when you're falling asleep during a movie, typically what happens for me is I begin to struggle to stay awake. So, you know, I'll get 30 minutes in, 45 minutes in, and then I start to doze off. And then it may take me another 15, 20 to actually go out completely. But that 30 where I start to doze off, I'm losing track of what's going on. I'm just struggling to stay awake So we watched the latest trimmers movie we bought I bought four a pack of four trimmers movies one two three and four and then they've come out with a five and now a six and I have six so I have five of the six We're so close but I've only watched one and two I've never watched three and four and we we watched six now six has, Uh, Napoleon Dynamite, that character. What's his name? I don't know. Whoever plays Napoleon Dynamite. I guess
1: I could be a producer and look it up.
0: Well, yeah. Napoleon Dynamite is really one of my all-time favorite kind of comedies. I I, I don't know what to classify it as. I want to keep putting it into a subcategory until you go, well, yeah, there's only a couple of those movies. But just kind of those alty – Culty comedy movies. I think Napoleon Dynamite is such a great movie. It's got a good message. I don't feel like it's very dirty. Um, you know, it's it's a positive message. Everybody wins in the end, uh, and I just think it's so great. I mean, the ending is perfect. When Napoleon Dynamite comes out on stage, just the whole way they build that up and set that up. When I mean, like even like uh, Kip and LaFonda, right, they're obviously making a bit of a joke out of the couple, the two of them uh, becoming a couple. But the way they tell that story, the way it goes along, the way the way she transforms Kip into who she wants him to be. And then the last scene of the two of them where not the last scene, but in the movie, not the credit scene, but in the movie, when she gets on the bus to go you see Kip go with her. And it just is so good because Kip is just such a pitiful human being who just lives with his grandmother. And, you know, he met a girl online. She came to town and took him home with her. And he got out of his grandmother's house. And I just think that's great. Napoleon Dynamite's out chasing the popular chick, uh, doesn't get her, but ends up with the girl he should have been dating. And his dance scene at the end is one of the best endings of a movie of all time.
1: That's a glowing review.
0: I mean, I, I, I watched Napoleon Dynamite not long ago. Just middle of the day, I saw I saw it in the in the streaming selection, and I said, "Yeah, I'm going to do that." It is just it's an unbelievable movie. Even even cousin Rico, Uncle Rico, yeah. Uh, in the end, he wins. His wife comes back to him. Um, um, uh, who, Pedro wins, Pedro wins president. Yeah. I, Pedro's life never felt pitiful to me in the movie. It always seemed like he had a lot of family support. He seemed confident in his own gifts. Uh, even if he wasn't a popular kid, he seemed to be doing fine. So I didn't really feel like he needed a win. Like I didn't feel bad for Pedro throughout the movie. He seemed to be really doing the best. Um, But um, it's nice to see him become class president. I like seeing that.
1: So Napoleon Dynamite was portrayed by John Hader. Oh, Hader.
0: Hader, yeah. Something like that, yeah.
1: And he was in, he's the lead actor in Tremors 6.
0: Tremor 6. So it's the guy who was Reba McIntyre's husband in the very first Tremors. He's the one that stuck around with the series. They lost Kevin Bacon after the first one. And then they lost their other main character after Fred the second. Ward. Fred Ward. They lost him after the second one. Um, he was great. I like him. But um, so um, what's happening now is a guy basically Jurassic Park style has Gene edited some trimmers and put them out on an island. And now the for a hunt, he, he runs his own hunt. And so he, people pay big money to come and hunt trimmers. And so he's created an island, but there's a local tribesmen that live on this island. So they have to go there and kill those tremors before it kills all those tribesmen. And
1: and they've learned to swim.
0: Oh, they've learned to swim. The
1: tremors learned to swim.
0: Okay. I missed that part, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, f- I began to fall asleep pretty early during this movie. Yeah.
1: You know, we expected it to be absolutely terrible and we wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, but it was okay. It was just like a regular movie. A little disappointed because it was actually pretty good. Yeah, it
0: actually had good film quality too. And it was a little, it felt a little, yeah. It felt like, oh man, I wanted it to be cheesier. Yeah. But they did a good job with it. They did. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I fell asleep, but I always fall asleep. Yeah. I mean, I've fallen asleep. You know, Hannah will be like, "I'm going to bed," and I'm like, "All right, I'm going to stay up and watch TV a little bit." No, you
1: get mad at me because I'm going to bed. Well, yeah, and I'm like, "Dude, you're about to fall asleep in five seconds up here on this couch on me."
0: And then I'll sit there in the chair and I'll go, "Yeah, I'm going to watch just a couple of YouTube videos here," and I'll watch one, and then on the next one, I'm out. Mm -hmm. And I wake up and I go, "Oh, I got to go to bed," and then I go get in the bed and all the stirring I've had to do to get from the chair into the bed. I'm now awake. Yeah. So that's what happens to me. Yeah. But, but we like tremors. I I don't, I don't know. I don't remember so many details of it, but you know, John header or heater. I, I feel like I saw him, he was in blades of glory with Will Ferrell and I don't feel like he was so much of Napoleon dynamite.
1: There's just moments when his voice kind of tips you off just to to think of Napoleon Dynamite. I don't feel like his acting style, you're thinking of Napoleon Dynamite the whole time, but I do think his voice can kind of
0: trigger you to think that. And maybe MTV owns the rights to Napoleon Dynamite because I think they were the ones that produced it, but I thought it would have been so much better if we brought Tremors And then Napoleon Dynamite is just in that movie. (laughs)
1: Yeah. You know what I
0: mean? Like he's Napoleon Dynamite.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now that would have been cheesy.
0: That's what I'm saying. Let's put Napoleon Dynamite in (laughs) other situations. Like it doesn't have to be a Napoleon Dynamite movie. Let's make a movie. But Napoleon Dynamite is a character in the movie. (laughs) It's not about him, but he appears in it.
1: I wonder if like he's, you know – I don't know if typecast is, is the right word, but if, if if that character was that for him, that that's kind of what happens anyways in people's heads when they watch him in movies. Right.
0: But let's give the people what they want. Let's go full on. Yeah. I mean, like, let's say what's another, um, um, I don't know, any kind of movie you could think of, but it's like, you know, you know, you're the, the main character goes to the gas station a couple of times in the movie and the guy working at the gas station is Napoleon Dynamite. Like that kind of stuff where he's making cameos, but a bit more of a cameo. He's a side character, but he but he works there.
1: I mean, I'm 100% for it. You probably just have to convince his managers. Yeah. Because he's probably trying to get away from that character.
0: But why though? It's like at this point, at this point, it's like that's your biggest acting role. Maybe Blades of Glory. Um, with Will Ferrell to be with him is probably pretty big but it's like there was also a movie where he, there was like a stepdad or something like that, that I think they in. could
1: have they done a sequel to Napoleon Dynamite?
0: I don't think so but I think the sequel is hard
1: but they could do the grown up version see where they're all at
0: yeah because, I mean
1: you'd love to see where Napoleon Dynamite's at now middle age
0: yeah because I feel like what happens with sequels is the first movie you have a great story so you've written the story, and a big part of that story is getting to know the character. Yeah. So when you do a sequel, you uh, you don't have the same story. It's like Dumb and Dumber 2, whatever that movie was, was awful. The story was so bad, they took all their great gimmicks and all their great things that they did before, and they – uh, they just, they just tried to ride off these characters, Ace Ventura, I thought did a good job of making a sequel because they took Ace Ventura and they put him in a completely different environment. Um, uh, so, you know, but Napoleon Dynamite now as grown ups, that would be fun to like, cause you're re getting to know them. Mm-hmm. What are they up to now? Yeah. I think Napoleon and Deb have to be married. Maybe grandma dies and they got to come back for the funeral. LaFonda and Kip come back. But see, the, the big part, big fun of Kip's character was that evolution of watching him change. But I guess Kip could have kids now. but I don't know. I think it'd be fun. I have gotten some emails uh, from people. And um, so just some, I'm not going to do them. I'm not going to read the emails right now. I already have read them, but not on the podcast because I want to, because I got one more of a, um, I got a nice, um, I got a nice scripture. Someone sent me, I'll, I'll just tell you what the scriptures are. I appreciate them sending it. It's Romans 14, one through 23. It's the whole chapter. It's all of Romans 14. And, um, so if you want to check that out, I'll probably, um, I'm going to try to discuss it, but I do want to think about it because, I mean, it doesn't change um, anything about what I believe, but I can understand how reading it, you would think it goes against a lot of the things that I say. And I like it. I mean, I liked reading it and I, I like, but I want to spend some time thinking about it. So I appreciate you sending this. Um, and uh, I did read it and I wanted to spend some time thinking about it um, and and see how I will respond to it but um, it's great. I did find this one and I just wanted to read this one verse here because I was looking for this verse and because I had just heard the old, the, people love to say this, my people perish for lack of knowledge. That's what I hear a lot. And I wanted to find that verse and find what that verse was so I could see if I could use it to illustrate my point. Now this is still in the old Testament, but I just found the verse in the King James Version, and I thought, oh, I didn't even need to find a way to make it illustrate my point. It says, this is the whole verse, uh, Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of God, I will also forget thy children. So that last part, I mean that's seeing thou has forgotten the law of thy god, I will also forget thy children. So I just think about that because you know the Romans verse that was sent to me. If you read that, I mean it seems to say that it's not important what day you keep a sabbath, it's not important what you eat, none of that stuff matters basically is what it what it seems like it's saying. I don't think it's saying that. I think something is being misinterpreted there, but um, you know, so it's like, how do we have that verse that's saying, do whatever you want to do. The Sabbath's not important. The, um, you know, the, what food you eat is not important. And then we have seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. And I just think it's interesting. So I just think, you know, well, let's both think about it. Cause I, um, um, I think that's a good study: is to not just read, not also, not always look for commentary, not look for somebody else to explain it to us, but to read it, to read those two verses, uh, that chapter and that verse, and and spend time thinking about it. And that's what I want to do because I think sometimes just, you know, I think God can give us information, but I also think. Uh, we can just, we have the ability to just figure things out if we sit and think about them. I mean, cause to me, the way I read the Bible is as you, you start from the beginning, it's God telling us things and then, you know, and then you go through and then the next character in my mind who is able to tell me things and make laws would be Jesus. He's the next character of the Bible that comes along that feels like he has the, power and authority to make laws or change them. And then that's it. Those are the only two characters that have that ability. So if I read something in Romans, which I believe people think is written by Paul, I don't know that it's actually confirmed, but uh, you read that and then you go, okay, well, it seems like he's saying that I don't have to worry about these things. So my mind always goes, well, if he's saying it, I need to find where God or Jesus also said that, or I'm like, where's he getting this info from? You know what I mean? And I'm not doubting his info. That's why I think that it can be misinterpreted because I'm like, well, where'd he get that from? He didn't actually walk with Jesus. He met Jesus on the road to to Damascus. So, you know, as it says, but, um, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't around when Jesus was here alive on earth. So I just find it interesting. So I want to spend some time thinking about it and come back and respond to it. But I think this has been a good, fun podcast. I've had a lot of fun. Have you had fun, Hannah?
1: Tremendous amount.
0: All right. And, um, um... So, all right. So that's it. Uh, We appreciate you guys. I hope you come out to San Diego. Oh, also, I had a show last night at Zany's. A lot of fun. I appreciate everybody coming out. My Zany shows, by the way, I'll just say this beforehand, have been really great. I mean, Nate Nate Bergazzi has been, you know, he's just about to release a special. um, And he has, you know, he's working on his next bit of material, you know, for what he wants to do next. And so the last three... um, Shows I've had it's 80s. He's came and done time. So it's been very exciting. It's it's been a great show. I've had a lot of great comics last night. I had John Hickok and uh, Paulina uh, our Paula Kosinski on the show last night, and uh, it was great. They all did great. But the shows have been really hot. I appreciate everybody coming. Thanks for listening to this podcast. See you in San Diego. We're having a good time. <music>